Hello everybody, uh, it's Mr. Bacon here, um, obviously. Um, hope everybody's doing well today. I know that I usually um, begin these little broadcasts with like a funny thought or a happy, I don't know, something, something goofy or silly, but um, I just don't have it in me today, and I, I'm sorry. For, for that, but uh, that's okay, you know, we can't all be on every day, and um, you know, I'm just going to use, I, I was I was thinking about this for a long time before I started, uh, I hit the little record button, um, you know, because it's, you're so used to seeing me on and happy and um, telling jokes and, and laughing and doing those things and, and that's that's so often who I am at school and uh, I love that because that's I'm able to do that when I'm at school and when I'm interacting with people and things but this whole experience has been so hard on me and uh, today I'm just not feeling happy thoughts but that's okay because I know, um, you know, how to cope with those things. And so I guess the purpose of this episode is to show you that um, not everybody can be happy all the time, and that it's okay when you're not feeling happy. Um, and to talk about coping mechanisms and things that you can do when you're not feeling happy. And um, talk about social media and, and things like that and how that can... Uh, you know, how happiness plays a role in that, so, um, again, I'm sorry for not having something silly here at the beginning, um, but it's, it doesn't happen often that I don't have silly thoughts, and, um, just bear with me today, and we'll, we'll all get through it together. I really appreciate your patience, and, um, it's just, um, I'm sorry, again, I'm I'm not I'm no superman. I'll say that. I'm no superman. So, I know you're probably all wondering. You know, what's what's got Mr. B so down? What's the what's the issue? And I mean there's a there's a few things and you know, it doesn't always necessarily mean that there needs to be something, right? Like, sometimes we can be upset or disappointed or sad, and there's no reason at all. Um, that's not the case right now. Um, I think that we're all a little bit disappointed by, you know, not being in school and um, just being at home day after day after day. And uh, I don't know about anybody else, but um, my family usually celebrates Easter. And uh, yesterday I um, wasn't able to see my family. I haven't seen my family in, uh, in quite some time. Probably the longest I've gone without seeing my parents in my life. Just so that, um, you know, everybody can be safe and uh, different things. And so that's kind of got me down. And um, one of my favorite athletes is Carl Anthony Towns. And his mother just passed away of the coronavirus uh, this afternoon, and 
I feel badly for him. He's a little bit younger than me, so, I mean, I know that that has to... I mean, it's hard to lose your mother at any age, but, you know, he's not a very old person, and, um, you know, losing losing his mom, that has to be really hard for him. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt that he's probably hurting. And um, I, I just miss my job and my daily, my daily um, you know, day-to-day... Um, I guess at work, I feel very needed, and um, you know, I, I don't necessarily feel needed uh, some sometimes in these moments, and so I think that we all kind of feel that way, right? Uh, we feel like maybe we've lost our sense of who we are and what we do. Um, and today I was going to Target, and I slipped and fell on the ice really bad. So I think that that kind of put me in a sour mood too. I scraped up my arm, and that that was no good. So, um, but here's the thing: anybody who knows me well and um, has talked to me about things like this is going to say to me, "Mr. Bacon, you're doing this wrong." And you're totally right. I am, and I say this to everybody. Um, when you're having a bad day, it's very easy to think about the things that make it a bad day, like I just was there. But what's more important and what, what you should do in these situations is think about what the positive things in your life are. You know, you don't have to think about the fact that it's April 13th and there's a foot of snow on the ground and it snowed all day yesterday and it's snowing a little bit again today. And the, the steps outside of my apartment are very icy. Um, I wish I would have thought of that. A little bit earlier before I walked on them, but um, you know I missed I missed the memo and you know gonna be sore for a while as a result. But you gotta think about the positive. What do you have in your life? Um, you know I got great roommates I live with my brother and his girlfriend and they're very nice and we um, have a lot of fun. Um, I'm still able to perform my job to some capacity and um, as much as I. I don't necessarily like those functions of my job. I, nobody gets into my job because they're like, oh, I want to sit and reply to emails all day, right? You want to be hands-on. You want to work with people. You want to have conversations. But um, I should still be happy that I have a job to email and do those things on. So, you know, i gotta, I got to take advantage of that. Um, I've got food in my apartment. I'm... I'm uh, I, I've got an apartment, um, and, and I've got, you know, everybody that I know, um, is relatively healthy, and it's different, different, so there's different things that I should be taking, um, you know, happiness from, and, and, and uh, I know that it's always easier said than done, um, and I'm, I'm a perfect example of that, so that I, I'm making this broadcast just to kind of show you all that, these are things that I talk about, and these are skills that I want so badly for my students that, to have, but, um, you know, transparency, I, I think, is important. It's important for you to see that it's not just the students uh, that struggle with these things at times. Um, adults do it, too. And, I mean, I guess if I'm going to refer to myself as an adult, um, and I think you can kind of hear my mood going up here as a... As I as I delve into my um, into my craft and I kind of uh, start thinking about the positive things in my life, um, 
and that kind of brings me into um, coping mechanisms, which is which is um, what I kind of want to talk about today because I think it's important for us to all have those pre rock solid uh, right now. Now, another reason I, I know that you all are probably looking at today's episode and you're listening to today's episode and you're like, "Holy cow, Mr. Bacon is um, really down," or like, "Why? Why? Why would anybody?" Um, you know, post anything or be remotely visible while they're feeling this way. And I want you to know is that um, on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or any kind of social media, nobody's ever going to post about how they're feeling on their bad days. All anybody's ever posting about is how they're feeling on their good days. So um, a lot of times we look at those websites and we have a tendency to be like, holy cow, I'm the only person feeling the way that I'm feeling. Because... We look at what everybody else is posting, and they're like, yeah, there's nowhere near what I'm feeling. But nobody's ever going to post and be vulnerable when they're feeling this way. So that's why I wanted to do it. I wanted to be genuine for, uh, for a change and uh, assure you that a lot of people feel this way uh, a lot of days, and that it's okay. You don't, you don't have to be ashamed of how you're feeling when you're not doing okay, and you don't have to hide it. Um, so I think that that's important to, to bear in mind um, just the, as a, that's that's why I'm doing this. Um, as I, I think, sometimes when we when we go into social media, um, it, it's bad for our mental health because we see like everybody else. We're like, oh, everybody else is doing so well, but um, oftentimes it's just a just a show, and uh, people aren't really doing as well as they uh, portray themselves. Um, and I think one of the reasons that um, I love my job is I can be authentic. So that's what I'm doing. So let's talk about coping mechanisms. Now, I'm pretty pumped to be doing this because uh, coping mechanisms is something that I feel a great sense of pride in, um, knowing a pretty, pretty, I mean, I, I feel like I know my stuff when it comes to coping mechanisms. No. The thing about coping mechanisms, though, is that there's um, a large amount of uh, negative coping mechanisms um, and, and positive ones. And, um, sometimes it's hard to tell the difference, you know? Um, so, I mean, obviously, uh, sorry, my chair is, uh, broken and I just discovered it, but I'm, I'm going to rearrange and, and, you know, improvise, adapt and overcome. Um, so I, I think sometimes, um, okay, so sorry, obviously like your, your drugs and your alcohol and, um, different things like that. Those are, those are, negative coping mechanisms, right? Um, but like eating, <laughs> I think that we've all kind of discovered a newfound love for um, eating. At least I know I have here in the quarantine of 2020. Um, I'm actually eating a string cheese at this moment, which is probably pretty rude, but uh, again, transparency. Um, I think that uh, a lot of times when we, when we feel emptiness, uh, what we do is we eat and that's not always a bad thing, but it certainly can become a problem in a hurry. Um, I obviously never, ever at any age, um, condone the use of drugs or alcohol as a coping mechanism. Um, that doesn't matter if you're 40 or 14, um, 
and I think so often people get caught up in, in that idea of like, well, I'll just do it once or twice. I'm just feeling very bad right now. So I'm just going to do what I need to do to get through the day. And um, that, that becomes a problem so fast because you limit your own devices in terms of coping mechanisms. Um, those drugs can alter your brain chemistry so fast. And so now all of a sudden, the, the chemicals in your brain that you need to get through a situation, um, you know, your brain says, well, we don't need to produce those anymore because we got them last time. Like, uh, for example, um, there's, there's things that get released in your brain, obviously, when you use drugs, right? Uh, that's why people do them. Um, and so your brain releases some of these things naturally, but when you do use drugs, it won't do it as frequently naturally, right? So, so now you're, you're making yourself almost dependent on um, some of these things. And I know that a lot of people out there are going to be like, well, you can't get addicted to marijuana. Particularly, I know the big one that is used in your age group. Um, and while you're right, you can't be physically addicted to it. Um, your brain, it can affect the way that your brain releases those endorphins and, and, uh, and how you, your ability to cope with uh, problems. So keep that in mind. Um, so what are some positive ones? Oh, me, I like to run. Everybody knows that. We've talked about it a thousand times. Um, yesterday during the snowstorm, I went out for a little run. Um, which is crazy because I was able to keep my footing, unlike today, uh, when I was walking on the steps outside. So um, I don't like to run in the snow just because I, I am worried about the slippery part of it. But I went out before it started snick sticking to the streets and the sidewalks. So I had a pretty nice little run, four miles. Um, and, and it was fun. It was really a good time. Um, I had a lot of people drive by me and look at me like I was crazy, which is something that I very much enjoy and when I'm running. I, I almost prefer to run when it's raining or snowing or super hot. I um, kind of look at the faces of the people that drive by um, just because it, it, it gives me strength to know that I'm doing something that not a lot of other people would be doing. But um, outside of running and exercising, um, I have a couple of other coping mechanisms. Well, I, I obviously like to eat. We, we kind of talked about that. But um, one of my favorites that I've recently discovered, and when I say recently, I mean about two years ago, I got a small used bookstore here in River Falls, and they had these, this, this bowl at the checkup counter. Um, and inside the bowl was these things called worry stones. And um, I'd never seen anything like it before in my life. But it, what it basically looks like is um, it's a flat stone. It looks like a really good skipper, but it's, it's a circle. And there's a small indent for you to rub your thumb on, and they're all really smooth. And so what I do is oftentimes I'll just keep one in my pocket. And when I'm feeling overwhelmed or, um, you know, I, I often have panic attacks, um, which is something I don't talk about often at all. Um, but I bet you, uh, I bet you probably 
eight times a week I have panic attacks. And most of the time, they're in the night. And, um, you know, you don't, you don't see them. But um, I have had them at school before while meeting with students. And um, I've only ever had one that was bad enough that, like, I let the student know that it was happening one time. No, otherwise I can play it cool and just usually cope with it in my own mind and in my own devices. Um, but, so, Worry Stones is my favorite coping mechanism. I know it's great. It's not like a fidget spinner where, um, you know, they can be super distracting. Um, or, you know, uh, some of those things. Um, it's just a stone, and it's it's small and it's flat, and you just rub your thumb over it, and it just kind of the sensory feeling of it just just it's relaxing and it stimulates your brain and it makes you think about things other than um, what's currently happening. So I actually was laying in bed the other night and I couldn't sleep and I grabbed my worry stone and I was I was playing with it a little bit just kind of feeling it and I thought to myself this is this is great you know I need more of these because right now I only have one. And I was like, let's get, you know, dozens. Let's get me some more, but also let's get a whole bowl of them for my office, for my students to use. And so I was like, well, what would be really neat is because when I go running, I run down by the Kinnikinnik River here in River Falls, and I know that there's all kinds of stones down there. So I, I thought to myself, let's make some. Like, I don't have to buy a whole bunch. I'll just go find some, and then I'll, like, polish them up or whatever I need to do. And when I Googled how to make worry stones, it didn't say... Um, you know, how to take an actual stone and make it into a worry stone, which would have been cool and still something I'm very interested in. Excuse me. But um, rather, rather what it did was it, it gave me a link to all of this clay that I could um, get and then, like, make, like, cool patterns in and then bake it up and uh, put, it, put it out for students. And um, it was actually on a Pinterest website that, like, was made specifically for school social workers, which I thought was super cool. And I actually found uh, some other cool ideas, and now I'm, you know, like, following this on Pinterest. And yes, I am a male, and I do have a Pinterest. So, um, it, it happens, it exists. Um, but anyways, I bought a bunch of clay at about 3 a.m. the other night. Um, and I don't know if anybody else wakes up in the middle of the night and just buys things on Amazon when they're, you know, having panic attacks, but uh, I do that. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm going to make some worry stones here in the quarantine and hopefully have a couple dozen uh, just laying around um, when, I, when we get back into the grind and, um, you know, we're back in school. So I'm pretty excited about that, actually. I think that's going to give me and my my brother and his girlfriend something to do that will be fun so if anybody has any good color combo uh um, requests you know uh let me know and I, I mean i remember not too long ago i came into a bunch of fidget spinners and um now i only have one left in my office because i just kind of gave them away and i'm i anticipate this that's what will happen with the worry stones too you know i'm not when i have things that i uh consider to be coping mechanisms i'm not big on uh you know i'm not going to limit the access to them for students because I want I want you to have them I want you to be able to use them as you see fit so um, if nothing else I can always buy more clay and make more so just you know be, be ready to 
to worry stone, I guess. Um, other coping mechanisms that I can think of. I think the biggest one for teenagers nowadays is, is your cell phone. Um, and that one can be positive, but is mostly negative, in my opinion. Now, everybody has different opinions. Um, but it also, it's another thing where it changes the brain chemistry to kind of, um, you know, it, it takes you away from your own devices as, as far as um, coping goes. And the thing, the scary thing about the cell phone thing is um, it, it doesn't, it's constantly changing. Um, so let's say you have an app that you like to play on your cell phone when you start to feel upset. Well, you're not going to love that app as much tomorrow as you do today. So, what happens when it no longer works for you? Um, are you going to have to find a new app? Or are you going to just not have anything to fall back on? You know, whatever. And also, cell phones, you know, it's just... I don't, I don't like the idea of how much um, need we put into our cell phones. Uh, if it were up to me, um, we wouldn't have our cell phones um, during the day. We would all just, like, keep them in our lockers, um, shut off. And that's how it was when I went to high school. Um, your phone was to be shut off in your locker all day, every day. Like, if you went to class with the outline of your phone in your pocket, you didn't have to take it out. If your phone was in your pocket, you'd get detention. And uh, I, I really liked that because it wasn't as distracting. And uh, I think, you know, going back to a model like that would would be helpful for a lot of students just because and, and I have a different um, interpretation of it than a lot of people because I know that there's teachers that are like well cell phones you know they're vital to the learning experience now and that's great but from what I see cell phones do more harm than good in that they there's a lot of information that you get on your cell phone throughout the day that will dysregulate you and then um, you, you know it just changes how things go for the rest of the day Versus uh, if we could just not have those, then you could get that information a lot later. Because, like, in my time, the only way to talk to your friend during class was if you had that friend in class. But nowadays, you can talk to anybody in the school all throughout the day. You have access to, well, anybody in the world, really, all day, every day. And that's, that's a dangerous thing, I think. Um, so I, I don't like cell phones as a coping mechanism. Please. If you're if you're if you're reliant on that, and I know that we all get the screen updates um, once a week about like how often you've been on your phone, at least I know I do, and uh, maybe it's just because I'm an old person and I don't know how to turn it off. But if you've been finding that your screen time has gone up drastically because of the quarantine or or you know different things like that, then I challenge you to find some different hobbies and different things that you can use um, going forward. Um, to, to try and uh, kind of regulate. My goodness, I can't believe that I almost just forgot some of my favorite coping mechanisms in the world. Uh, music and art, I think, are very great coping mechanisms. And, and it's crazy... Um, how well they work because we all have songs that we've heard that can change the, the complexion of the rest of your day and I think that music is so funny because I've seen 
people that are off the wall, that are just having a terrible day, their brain is all out of whack, they're not thinking clearly, and they play their favorite musical instrument that they play, and they're just so good at it, and then after that they're just very regulated again. And, and music has a, a, a way to do that. But what's crazy is, like, running has that same effect on me. If I go for a run when I'm having a bad day, it's, um, you know, it's going to change the complexion of the rest of my day. But if somebody were to watch me run, they would be bored out of their mind, and it would do nothing to change them. Music is great in that it, it can share the experience. So it's healing not only for the artist, but it's healing for everybody who's listening to the artist. And that's what I find so powerful about music, and that's what I love the most about it. And it's the same with art. Um, it, it heals the painter to paint, but it also heals everybody around the painter to um, you know, see the projects that are created. And I think that's why art is, is more powerful than we could ever imagine. Um, and you can you can portray your mood with music or art or you know I'm just gonna say art from now on because I combine those two. Um, you can portray moods through it. It, it tells a story. It, it um, you know it, it's one of the more powerful mediums that we have at our disposal. So um, if you don't like to create music, um, that's fine because I like I have no musical abilities i'm working on learning guitar kind of um i got an app and uh, my brother's had this guitar lingering on our apartment for like two years now and so i've picked it up during the quarantine just because um let's see if i can do it and then maybe you know um, i'll do a a duet with some students that um i know can play but i i, I doubt that i'll get that good anytime soon but it's not you know, not to say that I won't try, and it does it does help me feel better when I can see myself getting better and succeeding and things like that. But even if you can't play, um, just listening to music is very healing at times. It, it can it can take you to a different world, um, and so I think uh, music is a is an excellent coping mechanism. Um, so. Well, sorry, art is an excellent coping mechanism. And I know that there's some of you that like to create art. Um, and, you know, that's just some like to look at it. And I, I personally, I can't create. Um, I can look at it. I think that it's great. I have countless prints. I got in this room alone, I've got five prints. And they're all kind of around the topic of um, wellness and togetherness and um, different things like that. And then I have two more that I haven't hung up yet. And then I got two more in another room. So I've got nine prints probably in my apartment. Um, and I think that that's, uh, I don't know, they all make me happy in different ways. So um, art art is, a, is an important one. Some people like to go for drives. Um, I think that that can be okay. Because it's, it's the same thing as like going for a walk, right? Um, just kind of get out of your element, see some different things. The only thing with with driving as a coping mechanism is um, you got to make sure that you're not too dysregulated to the point where it's going to affect how you drive. Because like uh, I think that we've all been there, um, and, and it's not right. But you know you storm out of an argument and you get mad, which for the record you shouldn't do anyways. If you're mad enough to storm out, um, 
you know, I think that there, there's something to be said for separating yourself from a situation that's making you angry, and there's certainly no shame in that, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm always an advocate for, for talking it out, and, um, you know, trying to find a resolution before you completely remove yourself from a situation, but, anyways, uh, we've all had situations where we storm out, and, uh, we'll, we'll get into a car, and, you know, you, you hit that gas a little bit more than you usually would, or, um, you know, something like that, and, I, I think that you have to be really careful with how you do that, because, um, you know, driving is something that you got to be careful anytime you do, uh, but especially when you're feeling emotional. And I, I think that it's easy to forget how dangerous it is just because of how often that we all drive. But uh, driving is a dangerous thing. People die every day driving. So just be careful with that one. So what I found uh, with my podcast is that the shorter that I can keep it, uh, the more people will listen to it. So um, I'm not going to ramble on anymore about um, coping mechanisms. There's there's tons more that I didn't cover, both positive and negative. If you've got some that um, you like to do that I didn't talk about um, and you'd like to talk with me about them, that would be great. I, I love talking about coping mechanisms. Um, it's something that kind of... Uh, trips my trigger, as they say, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta do things that are, pa- that you're passionate about, and, um, I, I enjoy talking about coping mechanisms, so, uh, that's part of the reason why I do what I do, so, um, I, I, I'm gonna try to, uh, keep it a little bit shorter, and, uh, you know, obviously, like I said, there's some things I didn't talk about, um, but, um, I was just kind of giving you a light on, on some of the things that I do, um, and, you know, some of the things that I, I know that people in the world do that I recommend that you don't, but, um, yeah, sorry if, uh, if today was a little bit of a drier episode, um, like I said, my mood wasn't great, um, but, uh, we did what we could with what we had, and, um, progress does not demand perfection, or, sorry, success does not demand, demand perfection, um, that's, uh, one of the favorite quotes of our, uh, fearless leader, superintendent, Barb Dufferin, who, uh, I would love to have on to the podcast sometime. Um, but I think this week uh, I've got some guests coming on that I'm pretty excited about. I won't uh, give any spoilers away just yet, but uh, you know, you'll know you find out uh, when it happens. So thanks for tuning in, playing along, and uh, we'll talk to you probably tomorrow. Thank you.